You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. It's the first home game of the preseason at the Spectrum Center. The Charlotte Hornets play the Miami Heat tonight and should be pretty good start to the season. As you will see, uh, most of the guys are healthy. Now, there's only one guy on the Hornets roster that is not going to play tonight. At least he's listed as doubtful, so I would imagine he doesn't play. As of shoot-around, Rick Bennell reported that the only Hornets injury is rookie Cody Martin, who's got an ankle injury, and he is doubtful for this game. Just a Miami Heat injury report. Ira, is it Winderman? Ira Winderman. Ira Kaufman. Ira Winderman. Winderman. Are you just repeating the name, or are you saying that I got that right? Ira Winderman. You got that right. Good. Okay. Love Ira. Re- Big Ira fan. <laughs> he reported. He said, quote, as expected, it will be uh, heat light tonight in Charlotte on the second night of preseason back-to-back. So Jimmy Butler, he's listed with an illness. He's going to be out. Goran Dragic on load management and his right knee. He's going to be out. out. James Johnson. I love this one, right? You saw the James Johnson story reported earlier. So I James Johnson, he's not going to play tonight because of conditioning. And he showed up to the Miami Heat. I think it was training camp. He showed up and I mean, he, they just talked about how out of shape that he was. And so he, I don't know if he was suspended, but James, they were not pleased with his conditioning at the moment. And therefore he's just not playing in any games until he gets in shape. And this is the guy, by the way, who is the MMA fighter. One of the scarier dudes, like if one of the maybe number one guy you don't want to fight, like I'd put him, I'd put Nene up there because he does a whole bunch of MMA training and stuff like that. And he's just a big dude. It, James Johnson's up there. Apparently he can kick a basketball out of the crevice of the rim in the backboard, right? Like how it sometimes gets stuck. It, that guy like that. No, you're not in shape enough. So we're not going to play you. I just thought that one was the most fascinating one. James Johnson, more like James Johnsonville brought. Am I right? Kelly Olenek is out with a right knee bruise. DNP right cheeseburgers. <laughs> What's Johnsonville brought? Too is many. That, does that indicate bad conditioning? Yeah, he's he's shaped. He's right. probably shaped more like a Johnsonville brought. You know, it's Johnsonville brought season, by the way. What I love to do, especially tailgating, I got to tailgate for the first time in a long time. Thought the other we were day. about to do a Johnsonville brought commercial there. Because I did not. <laughs> when I use brats, I like to use Johnsonville. I was at the Charlotte game the other day. I usually work them and I got to tailgate and it's broad season, baby. We put those things in some beer. You know what? I'm a little bit basic in this regard, but I actually have put my brats in pumpkin beer before and it's very good. You should try it out. Obviously, a little heavier beer works. Well, you know, even some amber ales. I like some of those to soak the brats in, but pumpkin beer, I've tried it and it's actually pretty damn good, Doug. That sounds like the worst idea. No, it's not bad. I'll tell you, it's actually yeah, you pretty good. Kelly Olenek, I think you missed my sausage joke there. <laughs> I don't think. Oh. No, that's, 
that one was good. That one was your best one. Way better than James Johnsonville. Kelly Olynyk, right knee bruise for the third time. I believe I've mentioned that he's not going to play. And Justice Winslow, he's going to be on full rest. So if you're a Miami Heat fan and want to catch some of the guys that might just be out on the court, even Don't. if it's not for real, yeah, it's that's it's not going to be for real tonight. Uh, as of shoot around, like I said, Cody Martin going to be the only guy for the Hornets that's listed as uh, doubtful right now. Doubt he does play, so he's got the ankle injury. Looking at preseason game number one, Doug, against the Boston Celtics, we had a couple of segments where we broke down that game. P.J. Washington, the biggest takeaway. The first-round pick is somebody you're always going to want to pay attention to the most, but he actually played well, six of seven, three of four from long range. Very good. We'll be keeping an eye out on him again tonight. Uh, Is there anything that – go ahead. uh, Sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Actually, I'm not sorry. I always interrupt you. You never are. Go ahead. But I was just surprised, and you tell me if you got this read too, but I was just surprised at how athletic uh, P.J. was in that game. I just didn't expect him. The, the, the first uh, bucket that he had, he was, at the, he was in the corner, and ball comes to him. He does a little up fake, and then just how uh, gracefully he drove to the rim and, and finished inside – it just surprised me. I didn't expect that. I, I expected some spot-up three attempts. I ex- what I expected, honestly, was uh, them to try to get him some post looks because they kept talking about his post game, that he had one, and that they wanted to explore it, and they, they really didn't. But I was really surprised by, by his athleticism. Yeah, to me, I don't, I don't know if I call it athleticism. I think I liked your use of the word gracefully better. I mean – I think there's a difference between him being smooth and fluid and him being athletic. Like to me, I think Miles Bridges, that's the guy that can jump out of the gym, but he's not such a fluid mover, right? I think PJ Washington, I think, you know, to use the cliche, I think he's a little bit more crafty. I think maybe his athleticism might sneak up on you a little bit, but to me, I don't think he's ever going to be someone that wows me with his athleticism. In fact, if I want him to be as versatile as he can be as a defender, I might actually want to see him lose a little bit of weight to become maybe more athletic. And I, I want him to keep a strong base, but I don't know. I Maybe athleticism is not the word I would use, but I like the fluidity in what you're kind of leaning towards. Well, I'll tell you, it's the word I would use because athleticism is a great word because it's a broad word. I feel like we can, you, I mean, you, you know, to me, he, he went from stop to start very quickly. That's what surprised me was just how, how much he was able to get his motor going that quickly and it allowed him to get past his defender into the rim. And I think he even did a little change of, you know, he did some movement in the air to, to, to finish at the rim. So, I mean, to me, I was just surprised by that because I didn't see a ton of that when I watched his film at Kentucky. And I didn't watch a ton of film, so that probably explains it. <laughs> That's why you were surprised because you had no clue that was actually the thing that he could uh, display out there on the court. What are some things you want to see improve here today, Doug? I think the one thing I would go with more than anything is Miles Bridges. Like you said, you said in the last show, I thought you put it well, that he looked the most preseason-y of any of the players. And I would agree. You look at the turnover numbers for him. He actually, you know, he didn't take care of the ball very well. I'm trying to pull up the box score. I think he had like, what, four turnovers? Six, a lot lot more than I thought. It was six turnovers for Miles Bridges. James Borrego talked about wanting Miles Bridges to improve more in the playmaking department. And I don't think that's... I think that's a good thing. I want to see him develop a little bit more of his playmaking skills as well, especially because this is someone that is going to have a more pronounced role within the offense. He's going to have the basketball in his hands a lot more. And so I I don't, I don't think of miles bridges as a great 
one cre- creator off of the dribble. I mean, we've talked about his handles coming out of Michigan State. That was something that we did not like. I don't view him as, hey, give him the ball on the perimeter and let him go to work. If he gets the ball on the perimeter and he makes any move, it's towards the basket. And we've seen him spin, right? Like he's got a good spin move when he's driving to the basket, but it's not someone that can dribble a couple of times and then maybe do something improvisational. He's got something in his mind. Okay, if if I'm going to score off of the dribble, it's going to be driving to the basket, trying to dunk on someone, maybe making a spin move and finishing with my right hand because he does finish very well with both hands. I think that's one of the strengths that he has. But to me, you got to take care of the ball a little bit better. And this is why we tried this out in preseason, right? Six turnovers in the preseason, you know, go ahead and, you know, experiment a lot with trying different passes off of the dribble, but six turnovers, I mean, you certainly don't like that. You would like to see that cleaned up a little bit. Yeah, and I think it will be by by the start of the season. Really, this season, especially for the young guys, is going to be about seeing glimpses. Like, I don't expect by season's end to describe Miles Bridges as a creator, but you want to see some improvement, right? I mean, you want to see some glimpses of that game to game where he's attempting to do it. It might not always turn out well. This is a season where things cannot turn out well sometimes. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not as really – I wasn't as frustrated with the turnovers as much as the fouling because, you know, he's going to have a lot more minutes this season and he's got a lot more responsibility and they need him on the floor. And so there were some silly fouls that I thought and, – and some of them came via frustration – with with the officiating and there were a few that were on I think were were uncalled for and you know it's preseason for the refs too but you got to clean that up because they need them on the floor so yeah I, I want to see that improve I want to see shooting improve they started one of 13 from three in the game uh, against Boston so you know yeah I'd love to see uh, Terry Rozier knock down a few three-point shots wasn't able to really do that against Boston he was much more concerned with moving the basketball to others I'd love to see more offense from him in this game. Uh, Cody Zeller, love to see him knock down a three. Uh, so, you know, there are little things across the board, but you just want to see him remain competitive in this game. You said it. It's Miami light. There are no excuses. You, if they come out flat in this game, you know, that's, that's not going to be a great sign for the season to come. Cody Zeller jacked up four three-pointers, and it reminded me of the storylines last night where we saw everybody shooting threes. It's preseason, so everybody just let it fly. We saw Steve Adams. Steven Adams, he hit one from the corner. We got to see Boban Marjanovic hit a three, which we've seen before in the regular season, but he hit a three last night. And then, of course, Ben Simmons. They won the championship. At least their celebration seemed like they won the championship when Ben Simmons actually hit a three. He hit one from deep. Cody Zeller jacked up a couple in the first preseason game, so he is part of the revolution. Thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We have a Patreon page where you can support our podcasting efforts and get more Hornets content. Patreon.com slash LOH for just a buck. You can keep our hive alive. We'll talk a little bit more about the Miami Heat. They got a rookie, too, from Kentucky, Tyler Hero. Would you rather drafted him based off what you saw in college? We'll talk about it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, you know, <laughs> I just I spend this some time away from the show, and you're still the same old walker. All right, yeah, give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun now that you mentioned it. How about, uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh, jelly is the noun I was going to get. A plural noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Podcast. 
See, I stand by that though. I mean, what do you call plural jelly then? I mean, you don't say jellies. It's not like you put an S at the end of that word and call it a day. And no. it's it's no. jelly. Plural jelly is jelly. It's great. No, you je- don't. You don't. No, nobody, of course you don't put an S next to a Y. That's unless there's an apostrophe. It's I E S. If you go to the you store and say you get well, when you can get you can get two jars of jelly. I think you might say that, but nobody's going to say, hey, can you get me some jellies at the grocery store? Nobody tells that. I nobody, can't tell nobody you. Nobody tells me to do that. I can't tell you how many times I've said I would like an assortment of jellies. You have never said that. I You're a liar. Time. <laughs> no, you, you say jars of jelly or you say jelly. Nobody says get some jellies at the grocery store. I stand by the plural noun there. So let's look at Kentucky because Kentucky has produced a couple of the rookies for the Miami Heat and the Charlotte Hornets in two of the last three drafts. You look at the this past draft, the Charlotte Hornets draft P.J. Washington, and the Miami Heat select the Wildcat, Tyler Hero. Now, a couple of years ago, it was a similar situation where the Miami Heat decided that they would draft Bam Adebayo, and the Charlotte Hornets picking ahead of the Heat once again, the Charlotte Hornets picked Malik Monk. So Kentucky producing a couple of rookies for each of these franchises. And of course, they're in the same division. So it's important that one outdrafts the other if they're going to continue or going to continue to be better than the other one or hopefully uh, to get better than the other one. So when you look at at least this draft, Doug, Tyler Hero was someone that was considered a good shooter. You know, not the greatest percentage in the world, but you saw him come out of college, shoot 36% when you rounded up, 54% from uh, from two-point range, 56% from the field entirely. Not the greatest distributor, only two and a half assists per game, but shot a tremendous percentage from the free throw line. Almost it was when you rounded up 94%, only two and a half attempts per game, but 94% from the charity stripe. But again, a little bit less effective from long range, despite the higher volume than what PJ Washington shot, who shot 42% from three on two and a half, on 2.2 attempts per game. You know, you look at the two-point percentage, P.J. Washington shot better there as well, just better overall from the field. And so it looked like the more efficient player was P.J. We didn't get to see P.J. Washington in Summer League, but we did get to see Tyler Hero play a couple of games. You look at the Summer League stats for Hero. Hero averaged 19 points per game, looked really good. Hit 13 of his 36 attempted shots. So 36% from the field, not exactly the greatest percentage, but it looked like someone that belonged out there. I thought you could see some of his handles displayed in the preseason game that he just played. They just played against the Spurs. That was preseason game number one. And Hero played 24 minutes, went 7 of 13 from the field, shot 40% from three, 2 of 5 to be exact. And you saw him actually take some guys from the top of the key. There was one move where he actually dribbles between his legs a couple of times, looking a couple of times, looking to try to go left or right. Finally goes left, gets met about halfway down, uh, down the lane and throws up a shot and it goes in and it looks pretty good. So Tyler Hero looks to be a pretty good player, at least from what we've seen from him in summer league and what we've seen from him in preseason. Look, I'm, it's too early, right? I mean, we haven't even seen them play a regular season game, but it'll be interesting to see both of these guys' careers, and maybe these are two players that we can compare, hey, which one does pan out better, coming from the same college, coming you know, to the NBA and playing in the same division where the Miami Heat and Charlotte Hornets have drafted already a couple of Kentucky players. Just an interesting little storyline. I need a hero. Thank you for your contribution. It, it was helpful in the analysis that you provided there. Well, so I'll it'll say be interesting this. To me. I'll say this. I don't think it's going to be a, a Bam Adebayo, uh, Malik Monk 
situation because I think both Tyler Hero and P.J. Washington are going to be good players. And I think both players have a potential to be a great player. You're already seeing it with Tyler Hero. I mean, you're seeing the shot-making ability. But then a lot like, I think, Steph Curry, a lot of people knew that Steph Curry was going to come in and be a great shooter. What they didn't realize is how like sneaky and shifty of a ball handler that that he would become. And so that's sort of what took him, I think, to greatness and being able to, being able to pull up, get space and pull up from anywhere in the gym. You know, that's what elevated, that's part of what elevated Steph Curry's game and that's what could elevate Tyler Hero's game. This is what, I uh, pulled this up for the Miami Herald. This is what Jimmy Butler said about Tyler. Tyler's good, he can play, he's bouncy, he's shifty. But I told him right now it's really easy because he's going to catch everyone by surprise. He's not on the scouting report, but he's going to get on the scouting report really, really soon. So there you go. Charlotte Hornets, please put this guy on the scouting report. Just do it now. Don't wait, and don't let Tyler Hero sneak up on you. P.J. Washington's going to be the same way, by the way. He snuck up on the Boston Celtics. I don't think Boston was thinking about P.J. Washington in preseason game one. I'm not sure you think about really anything in preseason game one except for your own guys, but... Um, yeah, I think both of these guys are going to turn out to be really great players. So Malik Monk and no-go in game one, not listed on the injury report this time. So we've seen him start off the season before with some injuries. So luckily it was just the one game that he missed against Boston. I think you expect him to play in game two tonight against the Miami Heat. I'm intrigued to watch him. I know you have a feeling that Malik Monk is not going to pan out in this league, and this year is going to demonstrate that with the third year of evidence, right? I mean, this is something that Malik Monk might provide. No, it's not anything that, no, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying that that's what that's what your thought process is. And if he does it again this year, that's the third year of evidence where it's like, okay, even the guys that are, you know, that that still believe in Malik and there's still a lot you know it's funny to see a lot of the national pundits still believe in Malik Monk this could be the year that changes that either vindicates your thought process or it changes your thought process entirely and hopefully he's able to get off on a good foot a good foot like a little bit last year at the start of the regular season but who knows I mean listen I hope he comes into this uh first preseason game and shuts me the hell up it'd be the first mm-hmm. time but I hope he does it. I hope he comes in and just knocks down shots Sassy. and, and, and right, turns Brayco. in a... <laughs> Wait, hold on. When am I not sassy? It'd be the first time Malik Monk did it. Feeling myself. Well, listen, I mean, I, I just want to see it. I want to see the same thing I saw out of P.J. Washington in game one. Like, hey, this is, this is my chance to shine. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to make the right play. And I'm going to knock down shots. I mean, that's what Malik Monk was ultimately paid to do. And he hasn't done it so far. And I'm looking forward to him shutting me up. But I didn't look, all I heard from Malik Monk on Media Day, all I heard were excuses. And and I didn't hear much enthusiasm about Malik Monk's third season out, out of Charlotte. And, and, you know, maybe maybe there's hope from some fans that really want to see Malik Monk. They remember him putting on a show against North Carolina in college. Yeah. May, okay. Maybe those people still exist. But I, I think everyone <laughs> with this team right now is is in show me show me mode show me oh, something no, it, it, do something you're justified put put something in the box score 
unlike Cody Zeller. No, you're justified to have that thought. I mean, look, it's it's hard to argue against that because Malik hasn't done it in the first couple of uh, first couple of years of play. And real quickly, we got to see Caleb Martin play quite a bit in the first game because Malik Monk did not play. Got a chance to talk with Caleb Martin today, pre-recorded an interview. So that will air tomorrow on the wake up call. If you want to catch us 730 the game ESPN Charlotte 730 a.m. dial. But Caleb was really good. I enjoyed talking with Caleb and it's an older guy. So it's not like the classic awful first interview that you have with some rookies. I really enjoyed talking with Caleb Martin. And again, this was someone actually played against his AU team right before he got up there. So he was kind of the middle schooler that was waiting in the wings, if you will, to come up. It was, uh, I talked to him today. I think it was Davie County fast break. I was on the Carolina express to go back and live in nostalgia, but getting to talk to him a little bit about his come up in North Carolina, there was a feature of him and his brother brother and his mom, you know, growing up in a very racist community, a really small town, just about an hour in between Charlotte and I believe either Winston-Salem or Greensboro and him talking about his personal life growing up in North Carolina. It was very interesting. And uh, we'll see how much playing time Caleb Martin gets in this game against the Miami Heat. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that with Malik Monk possibly returning to this game. Uh, Caleb Martin, did do some things offensively, scored 13 points, uh, four rebounds, two assists. A lot of that happening late uh, when a lot of the other players were off the court. But he was also part of a lineup. I believe it was Devontae Graham, both Martin twins. I want to say Marvin Williams and then maybe Biz at center. That really, like, the bottom fell out and the Hornets <laughs> had, like, a 10-point lead and it, it evaporated quickly and things went downhill from there. So, uh, yeah, I think he has to uh, purport himself better on defense I did mention on the last show, I think, that uh, Caleb got more minutes than Cody, and I was surprised by that, but I probably shouldn't be because Cody Martin has been dealing with ankle issues, so I wonder mm-hmm. if like that injury played a factor in the minutes distribution between those Martin twins. Cody, obviously out for this game. That would be a lot of fun if both of those guys were good and stuck with the team for a while. That'd be fun to have twins that were good with the Hornets and could be a fun storyline to watch develop over the couple of years. Oh, well, listen, both of these guys have tremendous size and ball handling skills. So if they do actually put it together, it would be tremendous for the Charlotte Hornets. Like the, the Martin twins remind me of the kind of players that the Miami Heat often acquire and then throw down to G League for a few years and then call them up just in time to beat the hell out of the Hornets. Like, I really hope that the Martin twins are part of this player development push that the Hornets are making and that they could turn those guys into players because you don't often see size that those guys have matched with with ball handling skills. And that's, you know, the Hornets are trying to build a, a model of, of athleticism, of those, you know, six five to six eight guys all over the court in the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat model. So having those two players develop uh, would go a long way into making that happen over the next couple of years. Same body, different skill set. Cody Martin, the better facilitator and defender. Caleb Martin, the better scorer. So it would be cool for those guys to be successful in the league and particularly with the same team in the Charlotte Hornets. Support the people who support our show like Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style and upgrade now with $30 off of your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. Again, Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D, O-N. Michael Porter Jr. debuted in his first preseason game, a guy that we talked about possibly the Charlotte Hornets drafting just last year. How did he do? We'll talk about it next on the on the uh, Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. 
that is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body and then mid making fun of other people doing that. You said, I will say this though, mm-hmm. the guy that I think his body changed, that's correct. Yeah, well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 20-40 vision. So oh, okay. um, that me, I, I'm pretty sure, or is it 40-20 vision? Whatever means that I have great like eagle eye vision, that's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save Tonight, one of my favorite songs. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Michael Porter Jr. making his debut 17 minutes with the Denver Nuggets. Finally, it seemed it was pretty funny to see Twitter freak out when Porter Jr. did not play in the first half because we had waited so long. We were finally going to see him in summer league, but then he gets banged up again and we don't see him. And then the preseason is here and he's not on the injury report. He's going to play and they don't play in the entire first half. He does play 17 in the second half. So we finally get to see him and he played pretty well. Four of seven from the field, missed the only three point shot that he took, grabbed a few rebounds, fouled three times, but it was really just the scoring ability that you saw from MPJ. Doug, this is somebody that we talked about a lot at the draft last year. You're shaking your head. I'll get to that in a second. I don't know why you're shaking your head, but this is someone we talked about a lot that was constantly injured, but it was the boomer bus project, right? I mean, you had, okay, can we get this guy to reach his full potential? Because when he was healthy, he was considered a possible number one overall prospect. They decided to take the safe pick with Miles Bridges there at the number, I guess, 11 overall selection, even, you know, the 12 and then the trade swap at the Clippers and whatever. MPJ, like, do you think Hornets fans would have been patient enough to see this come through or in your overall thoughts on Porter Jr. finally debuting and the reason you're shaking your head at that? Oh, the reason I'm shaking my head is because this, my friends, is what I like to call a preseason mirage. Do not be fooled by the priage. Uh, because when I uh, when I saw these MPJ highlights, quote, end quote, I, I at first I was excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh, finally, he's he's getting a chance. Oh, look at look at what he's doing there. And then my eyes slowly peered down and saw that it was in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. And everybody knows that a fourth quarter of a preseason game is just wild, wild west chaos. Anything can happen, but none of it matters. So don't be fooled. I want to see MPJ do that in the first quarter of a preseason game against opposing starters, not heat light. I want to see him do it against another team's starters before I'm ready to believe that MPJ can do anything in the NBA. So that's why I was shaking my head. Do I think that Hornets fans would have patience, would have, would have had patience with MPJ? <laughs> no! <laughs> of course, no, not with the dra- – it's not fans' fault. It's the Hornets' fault for having just a terrible draft history. Of course they wouldn't have had patience with it. They, they would have, they would have uh, uh, skewered the team for drafting another uh, bust. So, no, absolutely not. This is uh, – the, they would not have had patience. And, and, you know, sports fans in general, we want it now. We want, we want things now. Uh, of course not. They would have had patience. I want to go back to the Charlotte Hornets real quickly and just kind of end up with the uh, uh, some more talk about the game tonight against the Miami Heat. You know, we were talking a little bit about just the starting lineup for the Charlotte Hornets about, you know, P.J. Washington and just Miles Bridges, the kind of basketball players that they are. One thing I, I really like that Terry Rozier had nine dimes in that Boston Celtics game because to me, Doug, I look at that starting lineup 
or guys that are going to get significant run. And there's just not too many facilitators on this team, right? And so that's why I look back at Miles Bridges and it makes sense to me that James Borrego would want to see the playmaking of him develop because Nick Batum, he's not in the future plans with the Charlotte Hornets, but to me, it makes the most sense to play with those guys because you know, how many, how many passers do you have? Malik Monk is someone that has the playmaking ability for sure, but we know that he wants to get his shots up too. And so you look at, I mean, think about this lineup, right? If you were to go Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon, Miles Bridges, Cody Zeller, I, you're talking about Malik Monk and Cody Zeller being your best passers on that team, you know, unless Terry Rozier can become a distributor, but that's not a whole lot of passing. And this is an offense that James Rago's talked about not wanting the basketball to stick, right? Moving the basketball, particularly from sideline to sideline, rotating the ball, very Spursian. James Brago coming from San Antonio's organization, he wants to see the ball move a little bit. And there are a lot of lineups where you could see that basketball stick pretty good. Whereas if you put Nick Batum out there, I mean, Nick Batum, not very aggressive, but that's the one that probably is among the better pass. He's going to have the boneheaded turnover that's going to just want to make you, you know, not watch basketball anymore. It's going to make you extremely angry. That's what Nick Batum does but it's someone that facilitates a little bit better. And so I'm just interested in where the ball movement is going to come in a lot of these lineups because Dwayne Bacon, he's not a good passer at all. You know, Miles Bridges, he's got some nice skip passes here and there, but it's not someone that can create passes off the dribble. Cody Zeller actually like a little bit of his vision, but, you know, it's not the greatest in the world. You get my point, though. I mean, I just, I just want to know where the basketball, the movement is going to come from. And if Miles Bridges can develop that part of his game, I think that makes him that much more valuable. They need that 40-20 vision. That's what they need. Hey, by the way, right. uh, Terry Rozier, <laughs> so nine assists in that first preseason game. Uh, Rozier's regular season career high assist is 10, which he has only recorded twice. Yeah, I'm not surprised about all that. Hopefully he can continue to drop some dimes this regular season. All right, thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Hornets. We'll be back to recap the game against the Miami Heat tomorrow. <laughs>